0: This is uh, causing more and more problems. All right. Now, we're broadcasting on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. Uh, so you can watch us there as well. And on 910 a.m. 9, a.m. Superstation WFDF here in Detroit. It's Friday. Welcome to the African History Network show. It's Friday, October 22nd, 2021, and we are live. So, as I was saying, this story out of Oklahoma, we we talked about it uh, back in May. Well, there's been a lawsuit filed now. There's been a lawsuit filed by uh, the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, and they're suing the state of Oklahoma regarding hb 1775 you're going to see lawsuits more lawsuits across the country regarding these anti-critical race theory laws and oklahoma is the uh this is the first federal lawsuit that has been filed against these laws A coalition of civil rights groups sued the state of Oklahoma on Tuesday. Uh, This was Tuesday, October 19th. Tuesday, over a law limiting instruction about race and gender in public schools. It is the first federal lawsuit to challenge a state statute implemented to prevent the teaching of critical race theory. It is the first federal statute, the first federal law, lawsuit to challenge a state statute implemented to prevent the teaching of critical race theory. Okay. So we're going to talk about this some on today's show. And then this also ties into the whole fight over preserving Confederate monuments. It ties into the, uh, misinformation taught about the civil war. And as we've been talking about on this show, there's a special coming up on Sunday, October 24th on MSNBC dealing with the Civil War. All of this is connected. OK, and uh, I'm going uh, to there, there's a there's another segment that there's a clip that I want to play from uh, MSNBC from Meet the Press, Meet the Press Daily. And this one deals with uh, race debate in public schools focuses on non-existent curriculum. Race debate in public schools focuses on non-existent curriculum. And NBC News correspondent uh, Antonia Hilton went to Texas to report on the fight over critical race theory. So there's a big fight over critical race theory in the state of Texas also. It's not just Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And one of the things she talked about in this reporting is that she's been following the fight over critical race theory, uh, allegedly being taught in schools for a year, and she can't find one single credible incident of critical race theory being taught in schools. So as I've as I've been saying before, this is just a way to galvanize right wing. Uh, uh galvanize conservatives to come out and vote in the 2022 midterm elections because they're not offering policies. Let's be clear. Republicans are not offering policies that are beneficial in general to even most of the people that vote for Republicans. They're not offering policies beneficial to them. They're not, not offering policies beneficial to African-Americans, anything. So what they're doing is weaponizing white grievance. They're weaponizing white grievance. OK, and they weaponized it into anti mass mandates, anti-vaccine mandates. And then the, and the, the, the huge one is critical anti-critical race theory. So we'll talk about this and then um, we'll talk a little bit about the what's going on at the uh, northwest campus of Wayne County Community College on Saturday, uh, October 23rd. Meeting of the minds, uh, meeting of the minds, they're gonna have uh, a panel discussion on reparations. I'm on the panel discussion on reparations, uh, reparations uh, for uh, African-American, African-Americans African in Detroit, dealing with uh, proposal R. There's gonna be a job fair, healthcare, uh, they'll focus on healthcare, education, prison reform, career training and employment, financial empowerment, and friend of the court issues, okay, this is taking place Uh, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's free and open to the public. Uh, 8200 uh, West Outer Drive, 8200 West Outer Drive. uh, The Northwest Campus of Wayne County Community College District. Northwest Campus of Wayne County Community College District. Uh, So come and check that out. We have the information on our website. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. It's also on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Mike Limhotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. We have the information there. Um, for more information, also visit, this is sponsored by the uh, Michigan Democratic uh, Party Black Caucus. So you can visit mdpblackcaucus.com. Also, for more information, mdpblackcaucus.com. Uh, for more information as well. But we, I ha- I, we just put this up at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, right on the home page. All right. So on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kim at KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828, the sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. You can sign up for our uh, email newsletter there as well. All right, and we'll also give you some more information about the uh, online courses I teach on the weekends, uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. 1865 to 1968. I teach that on, um, on Saturday. And then uh, my Sunday class is uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. And we have that information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com also. These are 10-week uh, online courses that I teach. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch them times. Uh, as well, so we have that information at africanhistorynetwork.com. dot com. Okay, I want to jump into this first topic here. Um, so back in um, back in May, so there was one back in May when House Bill seventeen seventy five uh, was signed into law by Governor Kevin Stitt, uh, Republican Governor of Oklahoma. We talked about this back then and then also back in um, May, in late May, there was a story from NBC news that we discussed as well. And this talked about the fear that teachers had over the new law that's passed and how it's going to impact how they teach in the classroom. This article here is from May 25th, 2021 teachers worry Oklahoma's ban on systemic racism lessons could put jobs at risk. Teachers worry Oklahoma's ban on systemic racism lessons could put jobs at risk. And just very briefly here uh, in this piece, it says, uh, it talks about um, one uh, teacher named Anthony Crawford who worries his job may be in jeopardy. For two years, he's taught English and creative writing at Millwood High School in Oklahoma City. And since the murder of George Floyd, he's held intense debates about race and history with students. But a new state law passed in early May 2021 is set to ban the teaching of certain topics pertaining to systemic racism and implicit bias. The law does not lay out clear consequences for violating it. But Anthony Crawford and several of his colleagues said they expect the legislation will have a chilling effect on teachers. He said he's 31 years old, African-American male teacher. And we need more African-American, we need more African-American male teachers across the country. He said it has to, it has to, because now teachers you know don't want to lose a job okay he said i don't want to talk about this knowing that it could be possibly a lawsuit or a possible way for me to lose my job end quote now oklahoma's law targets critical race theory a study of the legacy of racism and its history in legal and social systems it was developed by african-american scholars more than four decades ago to provide a framework for understanding how law and, and practices have perpetuated inequality. Okay, but a grand chorus of conservatives used the phrase to describe a range of diversity and inclusion training and in teachings about the pervasiveness of racism that they argue are divisive and likely to make students, particularly those who are white, feel guilt and anguish. Okay, and this was part of the bill. Okay, banning uh, uh, discussions on topics that will make, uh, especially white students, feel guilty. Okay. Representative Kevin West, a Republican in the uh, state legislature, uh, and one of the authors of Oklahoma's legislation, did not put the words critical race theory, actually, critical race theory in the bill, but he acknowledges that uh, that is what's in the crosshairs. That's what's in its crosshairs. He said it's the overall concept. He said critical race theory is more like an umbrella statement. Now, most of these Republicans can't tell you what critical race theory is. They just want to shut down any discussion. They're weaponizing white grief and white guilt. They're weaponizing white grievance, white guilt, all this, especially white grievance. They're weaponizing this. And they want to put under the, the, the banner of critical race theory, any discussion about topics they don't like dealing with racism, systemic racism, et cetera, now this article is from may twenty fifth twenty twenty one oklahoma okay now uh on tuesday October nineteenth we see the lawsuit filed we see the lawsuit filed dealing with um this law oklahoma's anti critical race theory. Uh, law violates free speech rights ACLU suit says okay now this is from um NBC News this is from October 19th 2021 axios.com also has a really good article on this as well that we'll that we'll discuss also uh I read the article from Axios uh this one from the Washington Post uh, there should, I, I really think there should be more coverage uh, about this. There should be more news coverage about this topic because you're going to see more lawsuits uh, in other states as well. Okay, so if we look at this quickly here, and we're coming up here on a break. And the call in numbers uh, 313 uh seven seven eight seventy six hundred is the call-in number if you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Uh, If we go back to, let me see, let's go back to this one here, the new one. Okay, a coalition of civil rights groups sued the state of Oklahoma on Tuesday over a law limiting instruction about race and gender in public schools. It is the first federal lawsuit to challenge a state statute implemented to prevent the teaching of critical race theory. Now the lawsuit backed by the American civil liberties union, ACLU and the lawyers uh, committee for civil rights under law argues that HB 1775, which took effect in May, 2021 violates students and teachers free speech rights violate students and teachers free speech free speech rights and denies people of color lgbtq students and girls the chance to learn their history okay denies people of color lgbtq students and girls the chance to learn their history now the oklahoma law bans teaching that anyone is, is, quote, inherently race, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously, or that they should, quote, feel discomfort, guilt, or anguish, or any other form of psychological distress because of their race or sex. Now, these white people writing these laws don't care how African-American children feel and 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 their history is not included in the curriculum their history is not included in the history lessons and properly taught in the history lessons and at the same time they don't want to deal the people writing these laws like representative um uh Kevin West they don't want to deal with white supremacy and racism and its legacy and put it all in proper historical context We'll do this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few minutes.
1: Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages. Our story, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now.
2: Station, Detroit's only African American talk radio. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on today on the Superstation, The Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael Mhotep. Hotep. It is Friday, October 22nd, 2021. And we are live calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Um, visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. You can uh, register for the uh, online courses I teach on the weekend. Uh, on Saturdays, I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. So we deal with uh, history leading up to the Civil War, starting with the Louisiana Purchase of 1803. And we go through and see, uh, look at some events leading to the Civil War taking place. Then uh, we look at 1865 to uh, about 1968. And uh, each class, we go through and analyze approximately a 10-year period of history to see what happened to us after uh Civil War ended, what happened to us after slavery ended, the laws and policies put in place, uh, to put us in the predicament we're in today, especially uh, after Reconstruction ends. We look at Reconstruction, Reconstruction 1865 to 1877, which is a pivotal uh, time in the history of this country. We look at the Jim Crow era. Uh, we look at uh, the Great Migration, 1915 to 1970. Uh, World War I, World War II, Civil Rights Movement, the Black Power Movement. We do the sessions live, all the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch at any time. Class is on sale, $70, regularly uh, $130. Uh, at our website, just click on register here, right on the homepage, takes you to the next page, click on enroll. And as soon as you enroll, you can start watching the content. Uh, you can watch last uh, last week's class. And we have a live text chat. You can ask questions in the class also. And the same thing uh, goes for the uh, second class that I teach uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Maafa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. All right. So right before the break, we were talking about the story out of Oklahoma, but we're seeing more and more stories uh, dealing with critical race theory because critical race theory has been weaponized by the GOP, by the right wing, a weaponized critical race theory. Most of them can't explain to you, uh, what critical race theory is. It's not taught in K through 12 schools, but you have uh states like Oklahoma that have uh, passed uh, laws banning, uh, the teaching of critical race theory in schools. Okay. HB 1775 was signed into law in May of uh, 2021. And we see the first federal lawsuit in the country against the state over a critical race theory law. So on Tuesday, October uh, October 19th, uh, the American Civil Liberties Union and the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law um, filed a lawsuit against the state of Oklahoma over HB 1775. Now the uh, Oklahoma law bans teaching that anyone apparently racist sexist or oppressive whether consciously or unconsciously or that they should feel quote discomfort guilt or anguish or any other form of psychological distress end quote now they are dealing with the self-hatred that a lot of these curriculums that uh, are eurocentric They're not dealing with the self hatred that it reinforces in African American children. They're not talking about that. Under rules imposed by the state of Oklahoma, teachers or administrators found in violation of the law can lose their license to teach and schools can lose accreditation. Now the lawsuit asks a federal judge to immediately halt enforcement of the law and declare it unconstitutional under the first and 14th amendments of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, Megan Lambert, the legal director of the ACLU of Oklahoma said HB 1775 is a direct affront to the constitutional rights of teachers, a direct affront to the constitutional rights of teachers and students across Oklahoma by restricting conversations around race and gender at all levels of education said Megan Lambert. Uh, Now keep in mind Oklahoma is where Tulsa, Oklahoma is where the Tulsa race massacre took place June 1st, 1921. And in, in late May, early June, of this year, all the news media was down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the 100th commemoration of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Now, with this law, they're not saying that you can't teach about the Tulsa Race Massacre, which is interesting. There was um, there was an article from that we talked about before from NewsOne.com that dealt with this also in um, Oklahoma. This was from May. I think this is it. And it dealt with, uh, no, that's dealing with Tennessee. It dealt with how you could still teach about the Tulsa Race Massacre. So some of these laws are not clearly defined. Some of these laws are not clearly defined. And uh, once again, this is just an attempt to weaponize grievance. That's what this is. Governor Kevin Stitt, a Republican, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. He said previously that the law would ensure that no taxpayer money would be used quote, to define and divide young young Op- Oklahomans about their race or sex. Who's trying to do that? The Critical race theory does not do that. Critical race theory is not, the teachers, when they teach, they're not trying to make white students feel guilty about the legacy, legacy of slavery and things like this. Now, you may have some white parents that feel guilty about what some of their ancestors had done and were involved in, you may have that what their grandfathers did or great grandfathers. They may have some guilt about that, but teaching this history in school, they don't teach teachers are not teaching this history to make white children feel guilty about slavery or segregation or Jim Crow, or even what's taking place right now. Over the past year, conservative activists have accused public and private schools of teaching critical race theory, An academic concept examining the way institutions perpetuate racism that is typically taught in graduate schools, that is typically typically taught in graduate schools. is not taught in K through 12. School district leaders across the country have said they do not teach critical race theory. But conservative activists have added the label to any discussions about race. That they consider too progressive. And this is to shut down those conversations about race to control, and they're using the state legislatures state legislatures, to get, to control what can be taught about history. And whoever controls the teaching of the history will con- control the trajectory of the future. And they're using the state leg in, in, in some of these state legislatures that Republicans dominate. They're 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 crafting voter suppression laws to determine who can vote and suppress African American votes, Latino votes, et cetera. And when you can suppress the vote, you can also control the trajectory of the future because you can control the laws and policies that are put in place. Now, Oklahoma is one of five Republican controlled states that have passed laws limiting how schools teach race and gender this year. Oklahoma is one of five Republican controlled states that has passed laws limiting how schools teach race and gender this year. Other states uh, other states including Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida have limited discussions on race in schools through decrees by education officials while states such as Texas approved measures requiring schools to present contrasting viewpoints on contentious issues. Okay, states such as Texas have approved measures requiring schools to present contrasting viewpoints on contentious issues. Now legislators in Oklahoma defended HB 1775, When it passed in the spring of 2021 as a measure that would prevent teachers from making white students feel personally responsible for past racism. Who's trying to make white students today feel personally responsible for past racism? Nobody's trying to do that. What happens is you have these Republicans who don't want to deal with racism. Many of them say systemic racism or racism doesn't exist anymore. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with laws that perpetuate racism. They don't want to pass laws to to address this. Most of them don't want to deal with uh, uh, police reform, anything like this. So they just want to shut down the whole conversation over it without making themselves look like white supremacists. So they're trying to do a like Lamont Cranston, this whole shadow, you know, like when you when you go, I'm an old radio show buff. I'm an old radio show fan. So I've listened to thousands of old radio shows. When you research the 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 the, the uh the shadow and uh Lamont Cranston, man about town, he was a wealthy playboy, millionaire. He had the ability to cloud men's minds so they couldn't see him. So they couldn't see him. He's there in the room with them. When, when you listen to the show, and you can just Google the shadow. Uh Orson Welles was the was uh uh the shadow at one point. Uh in the when in the in the show, it says in the Orient, in Asia, Lamont Cranston learned the hypnotic powers to cloud men's minds so they couldn't see him. So he's he's in the room. He's lurking in the shadows. He hypnotizes them so they can't see him, but he's still there. This is what a lot of these white supremacists in the state legislatures are doing with critical race theory. They don't want to deal with present day racism. They don't want to deal with the legacy, anything like that. So they want to cloud people's minds and make it seem like racism doesn't exist. Therefore, there's no need to talk about it. They're trying to pull a shadow. This is what they're trying trying to do with Lamont Cranston but but Lamont Cranston was on the side of good fighting against evil. These people are pure evil doing this. These people are pure evil. They're doing a reverse shadow. Maybe you could call it a white shadow maybe. <laughs> they're doing a reverse shadow. Okay, they're doing a white shadow. So, legislators in Oklahoma defended HB 1775 when it passed in the spring of 2021 as a measure that would prevent teachers from making white students feel personally responsible for past racism. Once again, look, who's trying to make white students feel personally responsible for what happened in the past? They weren't there, they had nothing to do with that. What we should be focusing on is how we deal with the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow segregation and redlining and, and the long lasting effects that, that create the structural inequities that exists today. How do we deal with that? And how do we teach that history? But you you can't blame white students sitting in class for that. Now, if they call somebody N-word, you can talk about that. Okay. And, And within that context. Okay. But nobody's trying to make white students feel personally responsible for past racism. Now, these legislators also said it would Protect students of color from racial stereotyping. Uh, how's it going to do that? But many of you all say racism don't even exist. So how's it going to how's it going to protect students of color from racial stereotyping? Stereotyping. The law back, the laws backers said they intended to prohibit classroom conversations about concepts like uh, systemic racism and intersectionality to prevent indoctrination of students now they're not talking about they're they're not trying to fight indoctrination of students by white supremacy but they don't want to have these conversations dealing with systemic racism and things like this and what they call intersectionality to prevent quote-unquote indoctrination of students but they're not focused on keeping students from being indoctrinated with white supremacist ideology state representative Kevin West, a Republican and chief sponsor of HB 1775. Who's an idiot. Go, go research representative Kevin West. He's an idiot. He sounds like it also. He said, quote, the law ensures that all history is taught in schools without shaming children of today into blaming themselves for problems of the past. Well, you ain't teaching about the real history of white supremacy and racism. So how, huh? So So all the history is not being taught. Are you teaching how white supremacy was codified into the state, uh, into uh, 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 state constitutions like Mississippi in 1890, Louisiana, 1898, Alabama, 1901, South Carolina, 19, uh, uh, 1895? Are you talking about the uh, political violence that white supremacists inflicted upon African-Americans after Reconstruction ends to keep them from voting? There was more than just Wilmington, North Carolina, 1898, which overthrew the democratically elected governor uh, government in, in Wilmington. I want to go to this clip here uh, and just uh, we're going to go to clip one in just a second here, Ed. Genevieve uh, Torres, an attorney with the Lawyers' Committee for Civil Rights under Law, said the group has received reports of Oklahoma. Let me see, uh, let me scroll back up here. Said the group has received reports of Oklahoma schools, striking classic literature that deals with racial conflict from the curriculum in response to the law, including To Kill a Mockingbird, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, A Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine uh, Lorraine Hansberry, and their eyes were watching God by Zora Neil Hurston. So. Some Oklahoma schools are striking this classic literature. From the curriculum. And this classic literature deals with racial conflict because they don't want to talk about it because of the new state law. Well, how do you deal with it? How do you teach about it if you don't want to talk about it? And how do you correct the? the this is we dealing with the legacy of laws and policies, and the correct history being taught. How do you correct the problem if you don't want to address the problem and the origin of the problem? Districts have also instructed teachers to stop using terms like diversity and white privilege. In class, according to the lawsuit, districts have also instructed teachers to stop using terms like diversity and white privilege in class, according to the lawsuit. Anthony Crawford, who we talked about in the previous story from, from NBC News back in May, 2021, after the law was passed, Anthony Crawford said, I felt it was a shot at teachers like me who really want to see black and brown kids really do something with their lives. And he's a high school English teacher in Oklahoma City. He said, because they need this part of history, they need to understand what happened to their people. They need the part of history. They need to understand what happened to their people. But everybody needs this history. Everybody needs to understand what happened in the U.S., especially with the Civil War. And Reconstruction, because it has the the, the January 6th insurrection is is a continuation of the of the insurrection called the U.S. Civil War. Everybody needs to understand what happened to everybody in the U.S. Everybody in everybody needs to understand what happened to everybody in the U.S., African-Americans, Latinos, Asian-Americans, Native Americans, white people, all that. All this history is connected. Uh, So read the rest of this article here from uh, NBC News. Oklahoma's anti-critical race theory law violates free speech rights, ACLU suit says. I want to go to this clip here. This is clip one. Uh, This is from uh, NBC News dealing with this uh, lawsuit here in uh, Oklahoma, Uh, ACLU lawsuit says Oklahoma's anti-critical race theory law violates free speech. Let's go to this clip, Ed. The law banning the teaching of critical race theory has a new
2: legal challenge. A coalition of civil rights groups is suing the state now saying that law violates free speech and denies certain groups the chance to learn about their history. NBC News digital reporter Tyler Kincaid is looking into this for us. Uh, Tyler, what specifically does this law say, and and how are civil rights groups saying people's rights are being violated? Right. So the law says um, that no school can teach that anyone is inherently racist, sexist, oppressive. Um, whether consciously or unconsciously, and that uh, no one should feel discomfort or guilt or anguish or any other form of psychological distress because of their race or sex. It was passed uh, earlier this year in May and signed into law shortly thereafter as a rash of bills around the country were being passed, um, largely in Republican-controlled states that were aimed at getting rid of so-called critical race theory, which is an academic term um, for a a theory of how uh, systematic racism is embedded in societies in the U.S. Um, Most schools say that they're not teaching critical race theory at all, um, but that didn't stop a lot of this legislation moving forward. Uh, However, the lawsuit that was just filed this week, yesterday, says that this law in Oklahoma violates students' free speech rights and is a violation of their 14th Amendment because LGBTQ students, students of color, girls are not given the same freedom to explore the history of their cultures. Yeah, It sounds like, in the way you've described this law, it could be wide-reaching, it could happen or be applied in history classes or science classes in some cases. I'm curious, how are teachers reacting to to the implementation of this new law? Right. So we've been talking to a lot of teachers and administrators around the country, but uh, particularly in you know, Oklahoma, my colleague Antonia was there uh, just earlier this month, speaking with students and teachers. It, it depends on the district. So some districts are saying, "Look, we weren't doing anything uh, to, that would go against this law to begin with, so carry on." You know, but it, in other districts, uh, according to the attorneys I spoke with on this case. They're saying that they're getting reports from teachers that they are supposed to get rid of uh, teaching literature like To Kill a Mockingbird or A Raisin in the Sun, that they're no longer having diversity training, that they're not supposed to use the terms like privilege. At uh, Oklahoma public colleges, for example, they are not allowed to require certain kinds of diversity and sexual harassment training, so now incoming freshmen who would normally be required to go through programs like the Part of Orientation, they can now opt out and skip it entirely. And so then you have students saying, okay, we can't even give them, like, a short program to say, hey, you know, here's what we tolerate and don't tolerate, then those students of color are saying, we don't really feel safe on this campus. Tyler, very quickly, any response at this point from Oklahoma's governor or the lawmakers who support this law to the lawsuit? Yeah, both the Oklahoma Governor's Office and the primary sponsor dismiss this as a ploy by uh, quote radical leftist um, activists who um, oppose their what they say are common sense that you shouldn't teach that anyone is automatically racist. Um, so they're they're not really showing much bother at this point. All right, NBC News national reporter Tyler Kingade. Thanks, Tyler.
0: Okay, great reporting by Tyler Kincaid for NBC News Now. Uh, You can watch that clip. Actually, it's in the article here uh, from uh, NBC News, but it's on um, MSNBC's website also. Uh, The name of that clip, ACLU Lawsuit Says Oklahoma's Anti-Critical Race Theory Law Violates Free Speech. What teachers are teaching that one race of people are inherently racist? Who's teaching that? See, they keep making these, they keep making these claims, but they can't cite any incidences, any credible incidences of what they're saying is taking place. Now, this is an example of how elections have consequences. This is why people like that have to be voted out of the state legislature. Okay? Th- that's a dangerous position for people to have because they pass laws that impact what's taught in schools. Okay, now also um read the Read the article from Axios.com. Axios has a a really good article on this as well. Uh, We're going to go to clip two here in just a second. Uh, Well, actually, see, clip three. We're going to go to clip three in just a second. Uh, Ed from uh, Meet the Press. Uh, Civil rights groups sue Oklahoma over law banning critical race theory. Okay. Uh, This is from, I think this is from October 29th. Yeah, October, October 19th, I should say. October 19th, 2021. It gives a good synopsis of what's taking place, uh, about this law as well. Uh, Republicans claim it prevents racism and sexism, uh, HB 1775, but the lawsuit alleges that it chills first amendment rights and quote, intentionally targets and denies access to equitable culturally relevant teaching and ideas. According to the ACLU, read this article, uh, also, um, the lawsuit comes a year after Oklahoma's education department required schools in the state teach the Tulsa race massacre for the first time, according to CNN. OK, the law, the the, the law could impact the way the, the massacre, the Tulsa race massacre, as well as the state's history of violence against Native Americans, residential boarding schools and, and racial segregation is taught in the classroom. I still want to Now, how do you how do you teach the history of the Tulsa race massacre, which occurred because of racism, and white supremacy and the instigation of the, by the Ku Klux Klan who helped instigate all of this? How do you teach? How do you teach that? But not violate the law or something? I mean, I don't. It, yeah. I, I'm still trying to figure this out. All right. So speaking of trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out what instances of uh, critical race theory and all this nonsense that they're citing. Somebody else is trying to figure this out. Is um, Antonia Hilton? Antonia Hilton. Now we posted this uh, uh, segment on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, and our YouTube and my uh, and my uh, personal Facebook page also. Uh, I saw this on Instagram and and, uh, also on uh, MSNBC. Meet the Press reports race debate in public schools focuses on non-existent curriculum. Race debate in public schools focuses on non-existent curriculum. And this also ties into the whole discussion over the Civil War and how the Civil War is taught. Let's go to uh, let's go to clip three, uh, Ed.
2: Our new episode of Be Compressed Reports is taking a deep dive into this escalating education wars in this country and the intense fight around how we teach race. And we've seen this correspondent, Antonia Hilton, has been covering the impact on school districts in Texas. She joins me now. And Antonia, I can't thank you enough for your reporting for this episode, for, uh, uh for everything on here. And I was able to, to, to speak earlier on a podcast, um, with the principle that you highlight here. So let's start with that. Back and forth you had with that lawmaker, because he keeps saying what's in the bill, and he keeps saying we're going to prevent kids from feeling like they're oppressed or or, or or they're oppressors. Where was this happening? Like, this has been sort of where I keep what, did, did somebody actually teach this anywhere in school? Because I haven't found any evidence of it, and you've been working at this a long time, have you?
3: Well, I asked him that question actually directly, Chuck, and what he told me was we were hearing reports, we got phone calls from parents, but I have spent the entirety of this year in Texas, going back and forth in the North Texas area, reporting on what we're seeing happen in that community and other communities nearby, and I have not been able to find one verifiable piece of evidence that critical race theory made its way into Texas schools or other schools Throughout the United States, for that matter. It's a graduate level concept, a really a law school course. It's not taught in K through 12. And so, what I think is so important in that conversation with uh, Senator Hughes there is that, you know, I'm asking him to grapple with, right, the the tangible impacts that a law that he's just authored that has been passed uh, is now having on people's lives. And he's repeating language in the bill and repeating beliefs about what he thinks is happening in the classroom. And I'm trying to contrast that, right, with, well, here's what's actually happening. Here's what teachers are saying they're experiencing. Here's an educator about to lose his job. And it's not clear that what you're describing ever happened in Colleyville, the community at hand, or in any other part
2: of Texas, Chuck. And He keeps saying, don't look at other parts of the country. Well, wasn't this cookie-cutter legislation?
3: It was. And and these bills, if you look at the language of the bills in states all over the country, they are very closely aligned. I mean, there's very much copycat language saying, you know, to make sure that students don't end up feeling guilt or anguish. We see that in Texas. And then in the next door state of Oklahoma, And actually in the piece tonight, you'll not only meet Dr. Whitfield and see extensive access to his family and what his life has become since all these accusations have, have transpired, you also will get into a school in Oklahoma where, you know, they're dealing with the exact same law and trying to find their way through this precarious situation.
2: All right, Antonio, it's a terrific piece. Dr. Whitfield is, I have to say, somebody walk a day in his shoes and you will understand why we're spending so much time on this issue. Antonio, I can't wait to see you later on this uh, next episode. Thank you for all your hard work. You can catch the full episode of Meet the Press Report on 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on NBC News Now. It'll be on demand tomorrow on Peacock.
0: Okay. Uh, great reporting uh, from Antonia Hilton. Once again, she's been covering this all year. She can't find one single credible instance of critical race theory being taught in schools anywhere, especially in Texas, because she's in Texas and she's dealing with the law in Texas. Now, she mentioned Dr. James Whitfield. We talked about Dr. James Whitfield here on, on the show. Uh, Roland Martin interviewed him on Roland Martin Unfiltered before this whole thing really blew up with, with Dr. James Whitfield, African-American principal uh, removed uh, from uh, his school as principal. There were allegations by a few parents that he was teaching critical race theory, no evidence to prove it. And he's a principal. He don't even teach. He doesn't teach. He's a principal, but no evidence he was teaching critical race theory, just white parents, white grievance. Read this uh, piece here from msn.com, picked up from businessinsider.com. A Texas school district asked a black principal to remove a photo of him kissing his white wife because uh, Dr. James Whitfield is biracial. Okay, I think his mother's white. He's biracial, and he's married to a white woman. This is what really, uh, I think, really caused a lot of this controversy because he, po- he, paid- he posted some pictures of him, you know, with with his wife and um, romantic pictures, they were clothed. You know, wasn't like they were naked. But I think that really caused a lot of problems. Uh, and he's biracial. Then the community branded him a critical race theory boogeyman. This is from all aug- from August sixth, twenty twenty one. This is in text. Okay, read read that one as well. All right, um, Saturday. October 23rd, uh, come on out to uh, Wayne County Community College District, Northwestern Campus, uh, 8200 West Outer Drive, 8200 West Outer Drive, uh, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for meeting of the minds with the uh, uh, Michigan Democratic uh, Black Caucus. And this is an event. They have so much going on here. Uh, They have a job fair. uh, They have uh, they'll deal with health care. Education, prison reform, they have different resources there. Uh, There'll be career training and employment, financial empowerment, friend of the court issues. There's a panel discussion from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. on reparations. I'm on the panel discussion. 8200 West Island Drive, Northwest Campus, Wayne County Community College District. Free event. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. African History Network.com. We have the information there. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep in for a couple more minutes. We'll keep going for a couple more minutes. Um, we'll be back Sunday. Right now, let's correct wrong behaviors. Not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right, stand by everybody. Stand by. Let me disconnect this call. Hold on. All right. How's everybody doing? Okay. Let me see here. I think there was one other. Oh yeah. Uh, Let me, I want to get to this other clip here. So uh, there was a segment here dealing with uh, reparations in Detroit. I want to get to quickly. You know, we talked about this back in, um, back when the resolution passed in city council uh, here in Detroit Uh, this was back in uh, July back in July 2021 Detroit City Council unanimously passes resolution to place reparations question on ballot okay so we talked about this back then and this is something that we're going to discuss Uh, Saturday at the Wayne County Community College District. The town discussion I'm on is from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. But there's a piece here from, uh, there was a good article from WXYZ Channel 7 in Detroit. There's also one from, um, uh, there's also one from, uh, channel Four. click on Detroit.com. I want to go to this clip here. Just a second here from uh, channel Four. click on Detroit.com. Let's cue this up. Detroit city council approves Detroit city council approves reparations resolution. Multiple organizations are making a serious uh, case for reparations in the city of Detroit. City council leaders recently approved a historic resolution that would allow the city to explore potential options uh, for reparations, okay? And as I said before, uh, because um, slavery in Michigan ended about 1837. Okay, what we're really dealing with is the legacy of, of slavery Jim Crow segregation was well, segregation, redlining, especially, uh, and the, what happened after slavery ended. So we're talking about re, we're talking about repairing the damage. And when we deal with it here in Detroit, okay, this is not going to deal with slavery all across the country, the legacy of slavery all across the country. It really has to focus on because Detroit has limited resources, federal government, federal government has much more resources than the city of Detroit. It really has to focus on what happened in Detroit. It really has to focus on what happened in Detroit and whatever law you put in place, it has to be able to withstand a legal challenge because it will be challenged in court. All right, let's go to this clip here.
4: case for reparations here in Detroit, for organizations making a serious case for reparations here in Detroit. Council leaders just approved a new resolution that will allow the city to explore potential options for this long-talked-about topic. Victor Williams has
5: more on just how many Detroiters are signing on to this idea, and it seems to have momentum at the moment, Victor. Lots of momentum, Devin. Take a look at this. This is just one of the sheets that's used to collect signatures for this petition. Notice there are only twelve slots. So if we wanted to show you all of the Detroiters that signed on to this, we'd be we we'd be excuse me, we'd be holding hundreds of these. We never got our 40 acres in a mule. We should have continued what happened after 1865, and then we have all of those things that set us back, like Jim Crow. Attorney Todd Perkins says so far enough people have signed on to have the vote for reparations appear on the upcoming November ballot. What I understand the signature amount that's required, it was 3,608. We submitted, I believe, well over 3,700 signatures. At this point, the signatures will have to be validated, but the groundwork is being done in a way that works hand-in-hand with a similar idea from Detroit City Council.
3: It is a call to say that we as a city would like to join the national movement uh, regarding reparations.
5: City Council President Pro Tem Mary Sheffield says a historic resolution was just passed so that now the city can finally have an open discussion on what can be done.
3: We, as a predominantly black city, believe that so many of our families have been hurt, uh, and we would like to begin to explore ways in which uh, reparations could play out here in Detroit.
5: But some leaders in the black community, like pastor of 180 Church Lorenzo Sewell, believes a handout is exactly what this would be.
0: I believe that us as a people, we have enough within ourselves to do everything we need to do to pull ourselves up. I don't believe that we need a handout. Anytime you receive shekels, there come shackles.
5: And the resolution that was passed mainly focuses on reparations for America and our entire nation. But the ones with the signatures that I'm holding right here in my hand, this is mainly according to Todd Perkins, something that's going to be for Detroiters. Specifically, as far as where the money is coming from, he's saying maybe we should dip into the marijuana money because a lot of those funds have yet to be allocated. Victor Williams on it all right, Victor
0: okay, uh, some people need a history lesson, have no clue what they're talking about. Uh, so I just want to uh say that uh, repairing the damage of a legacy of slavery. Jim Crow segregation, redlining, is not a handout. Part of the reparations proposal also deals with uh, water and sanitation, environmental health issues, which deal with um, environmental racism, uh, live free from discrimination, uh, recreation, access and mobility, housing. This was from July 20th, 2021. Detroit City Council voters in favor of reparations. And it's focusing on a legacy of slavery and what happened in Detroit and the discrimination that African Americans have suffered in Detroit as a legacy of slavery. Okay, so this is something we're gonna discuss um, on Saturday. and this deals with proposal R, part of the language uh, in the resolution says, uh, whereas black people have been consistently and widely impoverished by discriminatory wages paid in every sector of the economy, regardless of credentials and experience based on property, income, and wealth advantages of white supremacy, rewarding white Americans for being white, and punishing black Americans descended from enslaved ancestors and devalued by many forms of rapid structural and systemic violence against blacks, such as police misconduct and abuses continuing in the present day, among other unjust racial policies. Okay. So check this out. Um, one article you can read. Uh, click on Detroit. dot com. WDIV Channel Four here in Detroit. Uh, Detroit City Council approves reparations resolution. Reparations resolution could appear on November ballot. It is on the ballot. This 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 piece here is from uh, June seventeenth, twenty twenty one, and then there was a. Um, article from WXYZ channel seven, WXYZ.com channel seven here in Detroit from July 20th, 2021, the following month, Detroit city council unanimously passes resolution to place reparations question uh, on ballot. Um, Detroit city council voted unanimously to pass a resolution that would place a question regarding reparations for African-Americans on voters ballots. President pro temp, uh, Mary Sheffield introduced the resolution for consideration in April. Uh, she said, I know one thing that is not a handout, you know, it's a hand up. It is something that black Detroit is old. We're going to start to study and research what what are other cities doing? What fits what fits best in Detroit? But I think it's about creating upward mobility for Detroiters, generational wealth, home ownership, things that, you know, historically we've been left out of. Okay, so read this one as well. All right, uh, be sure to register for the uh, online courses I teach on Saturday and Sunday. On Sunday, it is uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. Ancient Kemet, one of the original names for Egypt, Ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. We deal with thousands of years of history and what uh, leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. And uh, I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. Uh, We do the sessions live. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch at any time. And uh, when you go to our website, click on register here. It takes you to the next page. And just click on enroll. As soon as you register, you can uh, watch last week's class. And um, there's some bonus content you can watch as well. So we do that on Sundays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, from the uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. Okay, look, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.
1: Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories our way black tv the way it should be black music black history and more 30 plus channels thousands of shows black on purpose television network subscribe now gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted, empower yourself. Start your free trial today.
4: Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voiceover IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.
6: We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle Her Hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustle Her Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise.